Welcome to the 12th edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. I am your Majestic Champion of the World because I'm not Peanut Gallery Tiger Height. Well, here's the thing <laughs> is that we all, we, we both picked the same prediction for all five matches. This is true. But so um, when we get into it, we're going to do, uh, I mean, you do a lot better with the um, Spanish language. Can you... Uh, Elaborate how it's pronounced. Verano de... Verano de Escandalo. Escandalo. Which is um, the, summer of, uh, the summer of scandal in Spanish. Yes. Um, you know, and they were in a Queretaro, Mexico. They had a vineyard. And it was, it was a cool set. Like, it looked nice. It was really neat. Mm -hmm. So anyway, let's talk about our first match, which was the... Um, it was the... It was this one, actually. Great. So... Uh, for the so I don't know how this happened. So this was for the number one contenders for the Triple A World Six Man or not the World Six Man, uh, the Triple A Mixed Tag Team Champions. But here's the thing, the titles are vacant. They are still vacant on their website. They're still vacant everywhere else. And then at the very end, um, Villano the Third Junior and um, Lady Maravilla came mm -hmm. out with the belts. But it's like you. You're not the champions. Right. Like, at all. So, I don't know why they had the titles. Anyway, um, it was Ariz Chick Tormenta versus Abismo Negro Jr. and Flamir, and then Mr. Iguana and Mamba. So, mm -hmm. Maximo was replaced. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why. I'm pretty sure there was something on um, Triple A TV where that change did happen. Right. Uh, but the match itself was... Eh, like, I will say, like, if you totally missed this match, I would recommend it. It was okay. It was okay. There were some things there that were a little sloppy. Mr. Iguana is still, like, the coolest, like, wrestler. Right. Oh, my God. Because, number number one, he understands the gimmick part of it, but also, right. number two, just, like, you just don't mess with a man-stuffed iguana. You just right. don't. Like, that's... Jesus. That's just, like, a thing. And it was, like, a... Spinning Northern Lights Suplex Double Pin for Ariz and Chick Tormenta to win. Mm -hmm. So they are the number one contenders. It's actually Ariz. Ariz. Oh, I'm sorry. Who, what do I keep saying? Ariz. Same thing. No, it's not. It is. But anyway, um, it was a fine match. It was the opener. There was a lot going on. Um, you know, your general Mexican match. It was very missable. Yeah. It was a missable match. So our next match was the Alas del Oro match with Alas de Oro. Same thing. Trofeo Alas de Oro. Match. And it was a uh, Kamikaze Commander. Commander. Command. Commander Aramis. Aram. Ar Aramis Latigo Toxin. No, toxin. <laughs> and Iho oh, del Vikingo. And Iho del Vik um, Vikingo. <laughs> My God. I did that one on purpose, actually. Um, this match was... It was a clusterfuck, but I loved it. There were... It was a spot fest, but it was an amazing spot fest. It was a spot fest. I mean, you know... Obviously, welcome welcome to Lucha fucking Libre. Which we'll actually talk about why it is that way in... Um, heckling. During heckling. But yes. um, it was a very Lucha-esque performance. Yep. Everybody just kind of... Emptied the ring. People did spots. There was some really cool stuff. And um, it was like, it was probably the smoothest I don't care 054 right. I've ever seen for Vikingo to win. And he did win this like little trophy thing that looked better than the um, KOPW trophy right. by a substantial margin. And uh, Vikingo is just great. Mm -hmm. I'm actually surprised he's not doing a lot in. Um, in America, mm -hmm. but the problem is, I guess there actually is a visa issue with Vikingo for him to go to America. Ah. So I'm not sure if he has a record or what, or what it is. What it is right. But he he was in America at one point in time. He was an impact. He did wrestle for them for a couple of shows. So I don't know, but it was a great match. This, if if any of match, I would definitely say that this one is one to catch. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So we had the debut. Of Deanna Perrazzo. Where she faced Lady Shawnee. 
The match itself was fine. It was fine. It was definitely the best match of the night, though. Really, I, I thought so. I, I thought the Oros match was the best match of the night oh, by really? a mile. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Um, I thought this one was just paced so differently, yeah. and you can tell that Lady Shani, even though that she has more of a slower style, it was not the style that she's used to. Right, um, and, Diana Diana Perazzo's definitely the technician, ground and pound sort of person, so you didn't get the high flying stuff that you that you have come to expect from Triple A. Right, but there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stalling. There was a lot of like this. Right. Even even in a Diana Perazzo match. It was not up to a standard that I would expect from a Deanna Perrazzo. I expected it with her wrestling here in Mexico. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that, but that's nothing new because I don't know. You're always wrong. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but you know, it was fine. It was whatever. I really, I this was a match I really couldn't get into fully, but it was a one of her Fujiwama arm bars. Uh, by Perazzo to win, yep. and that was clear. Oh, there was there was interference from. Well, uh, um, well, Deanna Perazzo would not let go of the hold, so uh, right. Fabi Apache came in and attacked Perazzo. So they're really building up that title for title match really well. Yep. Um, I'm actually really excited about that one, and right. we'll see where it goes. But um, it is what it is, you know. Uh, it was totally a different style than what both these girls were used to. There was just that, not that gel that I really wanted right. from these two. And that's why I, I heard really good things about it, but I was just somewhat disappointed. That's all. Huh? I mean, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was fine. Just It was just there. So speaking of Fabi Apache, she was in a match with Nino Hamburguesa. Oh, my God. Nino Hamburguesa. Same thing. And then Laredo Kid. At least I did not have to butcher that one. Nick. Versus Poder, Poder del Norte, which is... Jesus Christ. I, it's Poder del Norte. Which was Tito Santana, Carta Brava Jr., and Moco, Car, uh, Moco Cota Jr. It's Mocho Cota. Same thing. Nick. Um, this match was extremely boring. It was. Um, this definitely was very disappointing for it this, being a penultimate main event. Right. It was a very disappointing match. Laredo. If, if, if this was, and Laredo Kid was in the goddamn match, and now, it was still so boring. If, if this match was the first match on the card, I probably wouldn't have be as disappointed in it. But this match was just terrible. Nobody played on their strengths. Right. It was a total throwaway. Um, if you would say a bathroom break, this was a bathroom break this match. This was a bathroom break match. It was just boring. Yeah. It was just a very boring match. I, I mean, you couldn't pay me to fucking care. Right. But, this is one match to miss. Right. So let's move on to the main event. So we have our main event. So before we get to that, you forgot to uh, signify who won the previous match with ah, what move. Um, it was a frog splash with um, Norte winning. Honestly, like I said, it was just a very boring right. match. Nobody cared. Right. Anyways, we're I moving on you, now. You couldn't, you couldn't pay me to possibly main fucking event, care. Main event, the better trios match. The better trios match, but still, it was a clunky, hardcore mess, and I did not like it. Los Mescenarios, which was... On Tarus and Diano Jr. versus Los Psycho Circus, which is Monster Clown, no, Murder Circus, same thing. Um, Psycho Clown, Monster Clown, and Murder Clown. Um, so it was a this hardcore was, match. So yes. at least there was there was some cushion there to where when you have a hardcore match, you really don't it was, have. It was to, kind of a boring hardcore match. It was though. a very boring match. But it, it was, was it was the better of the two trios. Right. Matches. There were there was there was actually rivalries going into this, and they built it. And everybody here is competent, so it was there. But at the same time, they're phoning it. They were phoning in this whole goddamn pay per view, which sucks because this is one of their five fucking pay per views. Right. And this is something that you just don't. Phone in, and I'll talk about this when we make this bullshit majestic again. But it's so goddamn frustrating, and of course somebody's gonna like spam like my shit now. Right. Um. Obviously, it had to happen now. Anyway, um, it was just a, it was clunky. It was kind of boring. It was fine. I mean, I guess it was better because you know, um, the rivalry between. Uh, Psycho and a Scorpion was really promoted here, and I was really happy about that. Right, but it was a um, it was like a reverse suplex into like a little board of tacks for yeah. um, the mercenaries to win. Oh, also this was for the six man tag team. Yes, yeah, for the trios champion. Did you say that? 
Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was for a champion, which you couldn't have literally possibly have cared. Right. Like I mean, literally, it was it was a nothing sandwich. It really was. Right. So, um, after that, I mean, honestly, wh- do you have you know any other thoughts about the pay per view? Nope. Or anything like that? Not yeah. At all. Well, um, when we come back, we are going to be going to heckling, and Peanut Gallery is going to talk about the laws of lucha libre. All right. So join us for that. Tact. All right, so we are back. So Peanut Gallery, we're doing heckling from the hard camera. He did not have a picture just because it was a weird weekend. It, it, well, that that and I really couldn't find any way to kind of demonstrate it. But if you did watch the show, there were some rules that were implemented that make the Lucha Libre style matches very unique. And I'm going to touch on that right now. In tag team matches... Um, when the legal wrestler of a team touches the floor outside the ring, the teammate may enter the ring to take his or her place as a legal competitor. As the legal wrestler can step to the floor willingly, there is essentially no need for an actual tag to a teammate to bring him or her into the match. This often allows for a much more uh, frenetic action to take place in the ring than would otherwise be possible under standard tag rules. And we saw that tonight. Right, a lot of those. Especially that first match, when you had that that first match, when the competitor went outside the ring, the other person took took that person's place, right? Right. Um, You know, and that's just one of the things that Lucha Libre has really... um, uh, that's how they set themselves apart, and I think we saw it during the trios matches too. There's a very heavy emphasis on tag teams in general, right? With Lucha Libre, we but... know you have you have the standard tag, you right. have the six man tag or the trios tag, and then you also have the mixed tag, right? So I found that very unique that um, the tag team matches themselves are so different, and and you were even commenting, Tiger, on the fact that that person wasn't tagged in, but here they are in the ring all of a sudden. Right, and they're doing moves. <clears throat> right. And, you know, um, we're, I'm so used to it having tags because with American wrestling and Jap- um, Japanese wrestling, that is pretty standard mm-hmm. for the most part. I think Japanese is a little more lax right. about that, but they were a little more lax about the rules in general, right. um, at least um, as a part of New Japan. Right. But um, with Triple A, is this something that is hard to adjust because we don't, number one, cover a lot of Lucha Libre stuff? Um, and then also, it's just not the culture that we're in. Right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, as far as singles matches go, um, Lucha Libre matches are very similar to American singles matches. They can be won by pinning the opponent on the mat to the count of three, making them submit or knocking them out of the ring for a predetermined uh, count, which actually is generally a 20 count. Well, because the 20 count is actually a very traditional way of doing right. it. Um it was really they they made it to a ten count due for um, not having too much of a prolonged period of time because right. American wrestling fans have the attention span of a fucking thimble. Right. So it's kind of hard to. Uh, right. It's kind of hard to kind of keep them ingrained when it's a twenty count. Right. Um, or you know, of course, disqualification also can happen to end the match too. Um, Using the ropes for leverage is illegal, of course. Right. Um, and once a luchador is on the ropes, the opponent must release the holds and uh, will not be able to pin them. So as far as singles matches go, those are pretty standard. They're fairly standard. I, I, think, I think that it gets unique once it goes to the tag teams because none of those rules well, really apply. Mixed, mixed and then multi-man right. is definitely going to be different. Right. Because and, and mixed tag teams is something else that's unique in Mexico, too. The what? Uh, the mixed tags. Oh, okay, yeah. Like the men versus the women right. sort of women, thing. Women will take on men, but also there was one that um, we didn't talk about that I actually thought was interesting because they have a lot of... Mm-hmm. I say this, I'm not being... Um, I'm not being technically... Um, I'm not being culturally incorrect about this, but they call them transvestite wrestlers. Yeah, that can go for both men's and women's titles. Right, so Pimpinella Escalada, for example, is a former Reina de Reina's champion mm-hmm. because he, even though he's a straight man, plays the androgynous trans, um, the trans right. character. Right. So they can go for that. And that's why Maximo, even though he was replaced, um, he had the opportunity to go and tag with um, Mr. Iguana right. for the mixed tag. Right. Um, here's something that I thought was unique about Lucha Libre rules. 
um, that there are some holds, um, some moves even, that are considered illegal moves. Most notably, the pile driver. If you use a pile driver in a Lucha Libre match, you get disqualified. Oh. Yeah. So there are some holds and moves that are illegal to use and are grounds for disqualification in Lucha Libre rules. Now, and that's kind of interesting because, um, you know, the Lucha Brothers, especially Pentagon, one of his big moves is package pile driver. And there are some variations of it that are legal, but they'd be very careful about utilizing the pile driver. Interesting. And I think that has to do with the fact that they're always flipping and stuff. They're, you know, high, whatever. It's, it's a high octane right. style. Exactly. Interesting. Very. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, um, hitting your opponent in the groin, um, other outside interference, attacks on the referee. Or um, disqualification if you rip the opponent's mask off. Yes. Too. And we're going to talk a little bit about the – I mean, we talked about it briefly beforehand, but the mask being an important symbol of Lucha Libre and, style. And I, and I will be talking about those stipulation right. matches here later. But that's interesting. I didn't know that if a mask is ripped off like that, it would be a disqualification. Right. Now, ripping the mask off and ripping the mask apart are different. Right. So you can still, and that's a heel tactic, of, is ripping mm-hmm. the mask apart. And we saw that during the Psycho Circus right. match. Um, Psycho Clown's mask was ripped apart by a Scorpion because they're going to be having a mask versus hair match right. at Triple Mania next month. Yeah. Or not next month, a month after. Right. No, it is next month. It's, yeah. uh, it's July. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, you know, of course, we're going off of masks. Um, the, the wager matches, Lucha de Espuestas, actually got its start in... In Mexican wrestling as well. Right, well, that, that's the stipulation one. Right. Mask, 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 hair, hair, hair. Yeah, that's what those see, are. Let's see. I have it here. Mask, 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 <clears throat> hair, hair, hair. There's mask or hair versus title. Mm-hmm. There's mask or hair versus career. There's career versus career. There's a bet for the name. Mm-hmm. as well, which is a very rare type. There was really only one that I can possibly think of right now, and that was La Parca versus La Parca for yeah. that name. Or it was L.A. Park versus La Parca. La Parca. Right. Um, and uh, so that that was kind of interesting, too, that that actually got its origination within, uh, within um, Latin American. I can call it Latin American wrestling because really it's more of a Latin American trend, not just a Mexican trend. Right. But that's where it's most well known. Right. Um, another thing, too, is that, of course, um, Latin America has way more weight classes than right. American and, uh, and all, wrestling. And also, and also the title – and also they're very um, – strict about regional champions too especially there so um for example it's not you know within um triple a per se even though they have quite a bit of titles right but cmll has like the guadalajara run of champions they have world champions they have um nwa historic they have national right so there's a lot of that's why they have 29 different yep. champions because they have those denominations. Right, and and so that's very important fact. Um, another thing too about um, about title <laughs> matches, uh, Lucha de Espuestas matches are seen as more important than title matches are. Yes, they so, are. So in Mexico, title matches are not very frequent because they view Lucha de Espuestas matches to be more important. Right, because it's humiliation. Right. And obviously, taking off the mask is one of those things where, well, beforehand, it was very much a um, thing of retirement when you were able to take off your mask. Right. Um, it's not as much now because you still have, like, um, Dr. Wagner Jr., who was right. unmasked, but he's still competing as Ray Wagner. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a lot there. Right. And the only other thing I had as far as uniqueness with Mexican wrestling is the drag. So Exoticos, who can go for any title. Um, and that's, that's been around forever. And then what about minis? Oh, yes, the minis you as didn't, well. You didn't talk about yep. minis at all. Um, yeah, so minis, they play under the pretty much the same rules. They're just... The, the midgets and and their you know they have their own unique now each each company is going to have it differently so right. something like with um triple a i think they actually have to have dwarfism to be considered a part of their actual thing but with triple a it's you mean a, with cmll it's, 
No, CMLL is dwarfism. Triple A is a height requirement. Oh, okay. So if you are a certain height, you can be in there without having dwarfism. But in CMLL, because when they started doing um, midget wrestling, which was which also, was actually also, a commodity. I don't I don't know I don't know about you, but it seems like AAA doesn't put as much emphasis on it. They don't. Um, but that's just because, because, because they're a much newer company, they right? And then the they 90s. also their outlook on on just like going out there because they're very much geared more towards an American audience. Right. In my also, opinion, also their 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 emphasis more um, actually. So um, they do it interchangeably with the women's division. Right. So um, Triple A is more focused on the women's division for the most part, but CMLL is more focused on the minis division. Mm-hmm. So, and yes, I'm not saying that. I mean, it's mini escuela, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, they're midgets. That's, right. That's what they classify them as. They're short people. There's mini and micro, for God's sake. Yeah, there's sake. micro as well. Yeah, and that's even shorter than the minis. Right. And that is only on CMLL. That is only on CMLL because so, yeah. they're, like, they're like two I mean, foot nine. I, I, I find it very interesting. Um, you know, is there anything that you really wanted to add to some of the unique rules that go around Lucha matches? I think I think that we covered a lot of the big bases with that. I think so too. Yeah. Um. I really like. I mean, I love covering lucha libre. Oh my and gosh! I, yes, it's so different and unique, and and just the commentary to like get you excited about it's, that. It's, it's yeah. spot. It's spot fest central. So if you're looking for ground and pound traditional American wrestling, you're not going to get which that is here. ironic because. Uh, Lucha Libre has its start in Greco-Roman wrestling, just right. like American wrestling does. It's so different, and you right. Know, and then, and then, like how. with the costumes, they have right. the masks. But that we obviously have already talked about that. Maybe we'll revisit it at yeah. another time. Um, so when we come back, I'm going to be talking about the history of the event, um, Verano de Escalado. I butchered that. Escalado. Same thing. Anyway, so we'll come back and we'll talk about that. All right.
So we are back and we're going to do some wrestling lesson on the Summer of Scandal event or um, Verano de Escalado and Peanut Gallery. You can fucking, you know, break me over the coals. So this event started in 1997 and it is considered the SummerSlam of Triple A. And generally it happens around this time. So it happens in July. Usually it's mid-July, but it's in July. And they have, it's, it's kind of a weirder history. So the, the highest, you know, um, the highest attendance for this show was 18,500 um, people that are actually watching it. But this one actually has one of the widest ranges of attendance because AAA went through like a really bad slump. Right. Uh, the least attended event was in the 1997 event mm -hmm. and that had 4,021 people at it. Hmm. That's very small right. and that's very scary. So twice this event um, has hosted the final match for tournaments, um, not just for that, but for championships. And one of them is something that obviously everybody will know, but one of them I think is kind of weird. So um, the so it's kind of weird of how this worked. So Triple Oz had two different versions of their mini division champion. Right. But Mascarita Sangrada was their champion, but he left the promotion. So instead of just stripping him of the champion, they made a new champion, which is their mini Estrella champion now. And the tournament final was at this event, I think, in like 2002. But the bigger one is the um, the mega champion final was at this event. Right. So, uh, and once again, we had a very similar situation. Triple A did not have the mega champion forever. They actually had a world champion. And that was their main title until, I can't remember who it was, but they quit the company. Right. Because um, Triple A and CMLL, they trade talent like it's candy. Right. So... And they're very exclusive um, to their company and the people that they work with. And they do not like each other because the whole thing with Triple A was um, it was a – I think it was either a writer or an executive that right. did not agree with how CMLL did it, left, and started their own promotion, which was, um, right. which was Antonio Pena. So um, obviously there was that contention there because, you know, um, CMLL has the – reputation they have right. and they also have the big money but triple a has the exposure difference because cmll has always been a company of mexican heritage wrestling right that's how they've always been they've worked with wwf they've worked with all japan back in the past i think they still do somewhat but um triple a and i think peanut gallery you touched on this that they're really looking for more of that international audience yeah so what they did actually part of it for the uh, mega champion was that reason because the mega champion seemed more culturally around than the world right. champion at least that's what they think um i hate the i hate the actual thing of the title i like the concept but the title itself is dog shit now there was a time between 2012 and 2014 there were three years that there was no um summer of struggle event right it was not for any other reason other than they changed the lineup for their pay-per-view. So they went from five to four because this pay-per-view generally drew one of its lowest numbers. Right. Because CMLL, well, one, CMLL always ran a big show around the summer, and they just decided to um, take Triple Mania, which was usually held in August, September, and move it to June right. for those three years. But they got backlash for that decision, so they decided to um, put that back. It's almost like WrestleMania going to, like, October. Right. So it threw everybody off. When you have an established, like, thing, you can't really change it. And right. that's what they tried to do. And, you know, when you establish a pay-per-view schedule, just, just don't mess with it. Right. Just, just don't. Right. Um, clearly, this was an issue, so they brought it back in 2014, and up until, obviously, 2020, uh, they had a continuous event. Uh, 2020, having a, 
just a little, just a little pandemic there. Right, to, right. Uh, just, just a baby world. monkey wrench being thrown into everything. Just, just uh, totally changing the world. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. But uh, no, well, no, I actually did lie. So there was actually another time when they actually did not run the event, and that was because they held the. Lucha Libre World Cup, right. where they had a bunch of different companies. So they had um, representation of America, Mexico, Japanese wrestling. Altogether, they still do this event, but they mm. held it, um, I think it was in 2014. I actually think this was a 2014 one. No, this was 2017. Right. 2017's one did not happen because they held this um, they held the tournament at that time. Mm -hmm. I think now they hold it a little bit earlier because they do like this pay-per-view. Um, they do like this right. pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, so really, that's kind of where I have to sit with this. Um, uh, the entire pay-per-view lineup of this did not start until 1997. So there's not really a ton of history that happened there. Right. Um, actually, there is one. So we actually did touch about it. Is the hair versus hair, mask versus match, the... Um, Lucha de Artiris, mm -hmm. I think it is. Um, I butcher that immensely. But um, this event, other than Triple Mania, has held more of the stipulation matches than at any other pay-per-view at any other time. Mm -hmm. So just for context, uh, let's see here. Um, over the course of the 20 events that this pay-per-view has had, there have been 17 of these uh, Lucha de Artiris matches. And there have been a couple of years where they had two on the same event. Right. Which is freaking weird. Um, and they were actually not even the main event. Mm -hmm. So they had cage matches. Actually, they do very rare cage matches. They did cage matches of hair versus hair, mask versus mask. Right. And they had multiple people in it, which is actually something Pina Gallery did not say. So usually they hold the hair versus hair between one-on-one -on -one competitors, but what they did... Um, especially at this event particularly, right. they had multi-man hair versus hair, mask versus mask. And the person who pins the other person to get the victory is the one who gets to shave the other person's head or the one who gets the mask, right. huh. you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And they actually did it at this pay-per-view. And actually there were some who did tag team um, matches like this where it was mask versus mask. Um, same stipulation. Not right. all of them had to be unmasked, but the one who was pinned or submitted or whatever had to be unmasked. Right. So that was kind of cool. And just for context, AAA has the most of these kinds of matches, but right. they've had 36 Triple Manias with 25 of these. Now, just out of um, percentage-wise, 17 of these matches out of 20 events, no matter what, is still better right. than 25 out of 36 mm -hmm. or out of, um, yeah, out of 36 events that has a higher percentile. So actually what they consider is that this event had has the Lucha de Tiras matches. This is where they usually have it mm -hmm. other than the years that they don't have it or they just decide to do it at a different time. Right. Um, just because of just based out of percentile, right? But really, that's just really kind of the event of it. It's usually just a kind of a non-issue event, other than like the hair hair matches, mask mask matches, right? And then some tournament finals, right? Um, and obviously with Aras de Oros and some of those, we're definitely going to see more of it. Right? And Isn't this also traditionally kind of like a, this? Traditionally, is an event that happens after. Triple Mania. It happened before Triple Mania. It's always happened before. Oh, it's Triple happened Mania. before. Okay. Yeah. I thought it's always been happening. There were there were there were a few years where, where it, it was. Did it was kind of like it was kind of the backlash of Triple A. Right, but then now, then especially right now too, because we still have another month and a half. This right. is the SummerSlam, and that's kind of how they did it, where they start building stuff around Verano. So people even consider it to be the road to Triple Mania starting here. Right. Because they usually announce the matches before they start building the rivalries. Right. Um, with Triple A. We, we do have a few matches, but obviously not all the matches because mm -hmm. they're going to stack this card. They're going to stack this card high, and they did not do well with like announcing these matches. I mean, I got the matches and all the cards and everything like two days before the event. Right. Um, and even then, we had, a, we had a mess, and we'll talk about that when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again but 
Um, that's kind of what I have. Here you go. Do you have anything to add? Nope. nope. All right. I think about everything. All right. Let's. We're not only going to make Triple uh, A majestic again, but we're going to make Verano de Escandalo majestic again. I'm sorry. I'm an American. Build the wall. Trump 2024. The whole nine yards. All right. <laughs> All right, Tiger Trump. <laughs> so we are back. Pina Gallery. How are we going to make Triple A, Verano del Summer of Struggle, Bullshit, and Escandado. Pro Wrestling Majestic? Again, let's talk about the first one on my little list. Let's talk about the... Well, before we start that, why don't we start with fucking space? Oh, yeah. So, um, here's what happened. So, our initial plan for doing the commentary of the show... Doing the show was actually supposed to be on Saturday, and we're recording this on that Monday... The problem was is that Space did not have audio for the first two matches. At least the first two matches. Yes, at least the first two matches. They finally got it, but Peanut Gallery and I, especially where there's no English commentary and you have to watch it, um, it's hard. And it was incredibly challenging, and we were getting really frustrated. Yeah. So me trying to make dinner... And figure why this is going on. We decided to wait because, well, number one, Independence Day is observed right now. Right. So it's not like we were doing a whole lot. And our guy who always gets our shows got them at a decent time right after the fact. And also, um, and I will at least say one thing. Triple A didn't make it majestic again because they did a replay of the show on the Space Network because they did fuck up. And it was hard to find it. A lot of people were complaining about it, so they decided to do a replay. So honestly, I cannot fault them for this. It was something out of their control. Yep. They tried to do their best, but guess what? They made up for it. Right. So I'm not even mad let's, about let's that. Let's talk about something else really, really cool. I like the vineyard. Yes. So the one thing that I even think we said on um, when we talked about the last AAA event is that they have been extremely creative and very great about their um, venue choices. Mm-hmm. And this one was no different. The one thing that I did have a complaint about is that between the entrance and the ring itself... Were the announcers. Were the announcers. So they had to go up and around the announcers, do their poses halfway down the ramp because they were there. Um, Also, were those fans in attendance? Yes. Right near the commentators. There was like a little row. There were probably no more than maybe, what, 25, 30 people? Yeah. But there were people. Um, but it was right next to it. It was probably nice. It was, it was still pretty quiet, though, so I don't think they were allowed to cheer or anything. But... I'm pretty sure they weren't able to, but it was fine. Um, at the very least, there were people there, and we'll definitely get more of that at Triple Mania because we're going to have a packed house. Right. So, um, other Why than that, that I have... Has that been confirmed? I do know that they are going to have fans in attendance. I'm not sure how many or what the restrictions are. Right. Anyways, so let's move on to the first match. So it was the mixed tag. Like so, I said, this match would have been better off being the penultimate main event just because the trios matches were very underwhelming. Right. Um, they should have opened up with the Laredo Kid versus Porto de Norte matches. Yeah, they should have That should have been, that yeah. been the opener. Um. The match itself was fine. It was a very engaging match. It was fine. I mean, I, I liked it. I thought everybody did really well. Um, the one thing that bothered me is that I'm getting mixed messages on who the fuck is the champion. The original intention of this match was, was for, for the, the vacant, vacant champions. Right. But then all of a sudden, you have the former champions come out for with the belts. With the belts. They had the belt. And, and I confirmed that, too. The, currently, the titles are vacant. They're vacant. What the fuck? Right. I'm getting mixed messages and them doing this flip-floppy, blah-bitty-blah bullshit. It's gonna, well, they're setting up for a, it's what's, what is going to be a really good triple, a triple Mania match for the mixed tag belt. And here's the, also the other thing. Um, obviously, being, obviously, being somebody who does not speak fluent Spanish... Um, not knowing why Maximo was not in this match because he ran interference too. Right. He ran interference. That's the other weird thing. There was no like replay or anything of like the build up to this. I kind of wish they did that maybe during like some of the entrances or right, right. before the match itself right. to really get some context, even with um, somebody who does not know that. Oh my God. Um, right. You know, uh, Mamba beat Maximo to replace him. 
in the mix tag. Right. I could have visually have seen that, understood it, and it would have made sense. But then all of a sudden, Maximo's not in the match, but he runs interference. Why? And right. when you're, especially if you're a novice, you're not going to be watching every fucking show. Right. So, other than that, it was fine. I'm not mad about it. Um, Let's it should, move on. Let's move on to the next match. Yeah, it's, it still should be um, some solid shit. Well, well, okay. There's not. Here's the thing. There's not a lot to say about this. This was a debut of somebody who's going to be a triple mania. Yeah, it was very it was, much a Deanna Peraza match. It was a it if, was a showcase. Right. If you're a fan of Mexican wrestling, I can see why that you're not interested in this match, just because of the pace. Right. But. It was fine. Um, I would say that maybe, and I do know that they did build this match somewhat. I kind of wish there was some more light on Lady Shoddy. She kind of looked like oh yeah, she kind of looked like she was thrown to the wolves a little bit. Yeah. And Lady Shoddy is not a person to job, so I feel like they did this because Lady Shoddy is a decent worker. But I kind of wanted some more context because once right. again, and we we bitch about this all the fucking time. Wrestling is a multi-part stage theater. Right. It's not just about the action in the ring. It's the people who are involved. It's the story. It's how it's presented, which is another bitch fest and a half. Right. Uh, the lighting was dog shit. Oh, yeah. It was incredibly distracting. Yeah. And it pissed me off. They didn't do a good job with the lighting. Um, the crane, they cut to that stupid-ass crane every 10 goddamn minutes. That oh, yeah, and the production too. wasn't very good either. No, it wasn't. Um, other than that, I had a bitch fest. And obviously, you know, the bright yellow ring mats. Mm -hmm. That's annoying, but I'm getting used to it. Um, and then with this match, it was just a showcase for Perazzo. Now, before we move on, though, let's talk about the Trofeo Aleste Oro match because we don't have a card for that one. We did well, so yeah, we did not know any of the participants for the Aleste Oro match at but, all. But so let's talk about it. I mean, it was one of the better matches of the night, so. I wanted more context of what this was. They haven't had this event That's in a true. while. That's true. That's true. And once again, once again, with pro wrestling, you need context for something, even if you just bring it back. I mean, the right. last... Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, is we talked about the multi-hair versus hair matches and stuff that happened at these events traditionally. We didn't have one of those this year. Right. We and had a setup for one, but we didn't have one. Well, they had, they had like, the build-up for it, and it's fine, and I understand, and I think they're trying to stay away from that for now because... Right. It's the first one back since 2019, and they're just coming back. And I think they were really wanting to do hair, hair, mask, mask with fans. Right. Because part of the part, part of, of it, it is the fact that they're fans. Right, and I think that's why they're waiting for Triple right. Mini to do that. So I'm not going to fault them for doing this in substitute of a hair, hair, mask, mask, blankety, blank, career, career. Mm. Where career, careers actually usually aren't at these events. It's more hair, hair, mask, mask combination right. of the three. So um, the Aracero Oro, I liked it a lot. It was a showcase for Vikingo. Uh, the problem is, why are they giving him a trophy? Why not have him go for a belt? I would right. love to see... A build-up, maybe even with this, I kind of wish maybe like Laredo Kid or something came out. You're my next contender. Let's do it at Triple Mania. Let's book that shit and make right. some goddamn money because you know, obviously now with seeing the Kingo and Laredo Kid, you know that would sell. Right. So why they didn't, I won't know. And it's kind of annoying that they didn't. He just gets a stupid little trophy, call it a fucking day. Anyway, um, and uh, I mean, other than that... There were some rivalries that were built within there. Um, Lat um, Latigo did not shake the hand of uh, the Kingo, so there might be something there, which I'm right. not mad about because he was the one who ate the pin. Right. So that is what it is. Um, let's talk about this six-man tag. Um, so number one, I wouldn't have done in the first place. This was a nothing sandwich, and right. why the fuck did Podor del Norte win? Right. They're not going for any titles. They're to my knowledge. I mean that 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 was my thing too. Cause... And, and to my knowledge, they're not even on the um, right. Triple Mania card. Can you check that for me? They're not. You're... They're not. Why did they win with people who are going to be in Triple Mania? Laredo Kid is in Triple Mania. I wish he was defending the fucking belt, but he's there. He's, right. he's 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 on the card, right? Yeah, he's going for the tag team, I believe. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he's going for the tag team. Um, Nino Hamburgesa, he was there, uh, whatever. And then obviously with Fabi Apache, right? Um, being in one of the marquee title for title matches, there's definitely more things there. Why did they make them well, lose? 
Nino Ambergasa ate the pin. He did eat the pin, but why did Pordor del Norte win in the first place? I don't understand why they did this. And also, why wasn't there another woman to have against um, um, Fabio Apache? Obviously, it's a little bit different, but when you're trying to cater right. to an American audience especially, you kind of have to have that little bit of um, tit for tat. It was definitely an unfair advantage. Sorry, hate to tell you, right. but there was no reason for Porta del Norte to win. Mm. Zero reason. That was really stupid. And so what I would have thought, well, number one, I would have definitely booked a better trios matches. I probably could have thought oh, yeah. of 10 better matches than this bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, let's move on to the main event. This one actually had something going into it, which was fine. And as I'm, like, struggling, there we go. Okay, so really the only match, because I think um, I think Toros and um, Tejano are actually in the tag team title match, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tejano is not. Toros is, yes. Okay, Toros is. Um, Tejano isn't. What about that six-man? I thought Taurus was in that six-man. I'm talking about the tag team title match. Yeah, no, Taurus is in the tag team title match, but his partner is to be announced. Oh, um, what about Tejano? Is Tejano on Triple Mania at all? No. What? That's weird as shit. There's no Tejano up here. Tejano's not in Triple Mania? Not yet. Weird. Anyway, I'm pretty sure he'll be the tag team partner. Like, come on. It's, right. It's Tejano, and they're already in a tag team. It's right. Mercenarios. Um, the, the, here's the issue here once again. I mean, the six-man tag is fine, but my God, does every main event have to be a hardcore match? Yes. That's just tradition. Ugh, it's so frustrating. It's like, man, I just want a nice, easy, let's have a match match. Right. Like, I mean, honestly, like, if you want to cater to that audience, I'm sorry. Right. I would rather have a technical masterpiece at the main event or a crazy Lucha Libre bullshit than right. let's roll out of the ring and hit each other in the head with a bunch of crap and call it a fucking day. Right. It's the same thing over and fucking over. I cannot legitimately get invested. Right. And honestly, I hate saying it. I was not invested in this match. This was a throw. There was a throwaway match. Oh, yeah. And it was for the trios champions. Right. And they did no booking on actually promoting that it was for the trios champions. Right. If you did not know, there would have been no fucking way you would have known at all. Right. They did, even after the Mercenarios didn't celebrate with the belts, they clearly don't give a shit. Right. Like, for God's sake. Right. It was, it was, it was, a, there was a little more focus on, on what was going on with the. If the rivalry was a rivalry, whatever. Right. But it was for the titles. It the was. titles should be the main focal point of a title match. Right. Not the right now. The rivalry is there, but the rivalry should be the means to the end, right. not the end. And the fact that they totally threw away these trios champions. It's like, goddamn, New Japan Pro Wrestling is fucking killing it right. with the six-man tag right. and having them in great matches and making them feel important. This match did not make these titles feel important. They felt like props. Goddamn, I think the women's tag team champions in WWE feel more prestigious than these goddamn six-man tag. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you done? God. I, I, I just hate it when like a company does really good booking wrestling and then they skip out on these really basic easy right details that ruin championships mm -hmm. and championships are not just props championships in are mexico they are props there's much again a lot more emphasis is placed on masks versus mask and masks versus hair matches. And they and the, this actually the one between Escorpion and Psycho is actually going to be a mask versus hair. That's what they were emphasizing with this match. Mm. I know it's not ideal, but they don't care. Obviously, CMLL has like twenty eight titles. Right. They, uh, they don't give a fuck about titles. And he, okay, well here here's the other thing. So number one, this is not CMLL. This is Triple A. I know, but they don't give a fuck. They give a more of a fuck about titles than CMLL and does. Then he, but it's Mexico. They don't care about titles. And here's the other thing I did not like about this match. They ripped Psycho Clown's mask. Mm hmm. And then they took off the mask at the ending segment. If, if you really wanted to emphasize this, I kind of wish 
Psycho Clown maybe put more emphasis about maybe ripping out the hair of a scorpion. Like, using moves to pull on the hair. Mm -hmm. And they did not do that. Right. If you do it for the mask, great. But I want that more emphasis on that. It just it felt lazy. This felt like a lazy match. Nobody cared. All right. No, nobody. Mm. Anyway, so um, before wow. before I continue, I, I fucking hate it when shit is so goddamn easy. Anyway, so thank you all for listening to uh, Tiger Heights fucking TED fucking talk. rant here. <laughs> Jesus. Next week we have. Summer Struggle in Sapporo. That's a two-nighter. And we have Best, Best in, in the, the world. world. So there's going to be no wrestling lesson. There's going to be no heckling. We're going to be doing a marathon. Oh, it's going to be fun, though. Um, I'm really excited about it. And um, if you guys did enjoy this, remember to like, subscribe, share, um, tell your friends. Leave it down in the comments below. Did you watch the show? What did you think about this show? Um, I, we would definitely like to hear from obviously, you guys. Obviously, Tiger Height over here has some fucking opinions. I have opinions about everything. That's why we do this. Jesus. Um, become a patron because, you know, um, we'll be adding shows. So um, one of them will be CMLL at some point in time. We will cover the anniversary shows because that's their WrestleMania. Right. But um, that is one of the shows that we will be adding on um, along with Impact Plus, along with... Um, Pro Wrestling Noah. So become a patron. It's five bucks. You get some cool shit, um, including exclusive merch and all that wonderful stuff. And um, yeah, as always, be majestic. <laughs>